0: You're never going to feel for free, are you? Yeah. You're putting your life on every time you step in the ring. And a chance at fight for you, you want to get the most of every single fight you can.
1: Ireland's finest fighter. Who am I talking about? Mick Comden. I invite him to Woodbury House in Mayfair for a part two. He's fought for world titles. He set up new businesses and he's got new plans. Be happy, never content, and make sure you're subscribing to this episode. Before we start this week's podcast, I have to give a special mention to our sponsors. iSecure Vehicles. They are a brilliant company, a family-run business, and they specialise in vehicle safety and security throughout the UK. I know this company very well, and I also know the people behind the brand. If you've been following me on my podcast journey and on social media, you will know that I love cars and so does my network. This is why I'm very, very excited to be working with iSecure Vehicles. And this is why we have chosen them to be our sponsors for the Stephen Sully Study Podcast. Their team are professionals, experts, and they're efficient. Once their product is installed on your car, your vehicles, you will have the peace of mind that your asset is protected trust me do not wait until it's too late get protection now for more information about their products including dash cameras undetected immobilizers and also car tracking systems head over to isecure vehiclescouk and remember to mention the Stephen Sully study podcast sent you right welcome back to the podcast Stephen Sully study I've been chasing this man for a part two for some time mr mick condon thank you very much for agreeing this part two No problem, welcome Steve. on board and i'm looking forward to this conversation before we begin what do you think of the new podcast setup and also the new gallery in mayfair
0: yeah i'm, I'm loving it i'm, I'm wondering how can how i stay one of the paintings and get out of here <laughs> um no but it's fantastic a great setup um lovely place um much bigger much more spacious and obviously, some fan art around the place.
1: Yeah. So part of the reason why I called on the the, the part two with you, uh, Mick, is um, I feel the podcast has developed, and quite naturally, you as a guest and also a pro athlete boxer have definitely progressed in your in your career. There's been some highs, and there's also been, let's say, some challenges and some 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 lows. Before we begin, I listened to one of your podcasts earlier mm. and um, there were some, some things in there that you said that I, 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 I'd never picked up before. Belfast. Mm. Why is Belfast the best city in the world? It's the
0: safest place in the world for me. Um, it's where I grew up and you know, it's where I feel most safe. Um, I know everybody, I know everything. and It's just a very welcoming city and somewhere which you know I was born. So it's always been top of my
1: list um you gave me a slight version of, of of the same answer when i first interviewed you and then i listened to this podcast and you really went into depth about belfast and i really want to go over there so as and when yep. i'm ready with the family i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you up you mate. should
0: definitely 100 you're more than welcome
1: do you know what's really scary the first podcast that we did it's in 2021 in november which oh really, time yeah. time has flown Jesus. So let's talk about your life and also career since then. Um, Quite naturally, there's been the two world uh, world title fights. Um, Last night, I sat there watching again for probably the third or fourth time the Woods versus yourself fight. And I've got to tell you that I thought in in the second, third, fourth round after you knocked him down in the first round, I honestly felt that he was moments away from going. And every single commentator said the same. Testament to the fact that he's got a heart. he's he's a tough guy, tough chin, and he kept on pursuing and then eventually, obviously, turned around the fight. How did you feel going into that fight and during the fight, even when you were halfway through, you know, six, seven Mm rounds through, how did you think it was going to end? I didn't think it was going to end how it ended. Um, I was very
0: confident going in and throughout the fight. I was very confident, then obviously and them was unexpected. Um, fatigue kicked in and uh, you know, I, was, I was caught a shot which I didn't see because I made a, a solid defensive move and you know, paid the price and I suppose that's just boxing. Um, you win or you learn kind of thing isn't it? So uh, it was devastating. Losing for me is probably one of the most hardest things I can go through. I hate losing and now I my two old head fits have both
1: lost. It's been very, very hard as well. Hmm. Um, something that uh, a few people will notice if you watch it back a few times is mm. when you did fall out the ring, yeah. your brother was there to catch you. And the thing I'm gonna mention is his face. Mm because he's not just someone in your corner who's there as a business person, he's, yeah. he's your family, he's your friend, he's your mentor, he's someone that you looked up to as you being a younger brother. And you could see kind of the, the terror, fear, the anxiety, the, mm. the stress on his face. It must be hard for family members to watch you box.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, my missus until, until the last fight or the, the, the wood fight, she was never really bothered Fights because you know, I was everything was at a counter, really. I was just flowing and winning comfortably and never really in any trouble. And then the wood fight went and ended how it ended. And after that, she finds it hard to watch any fight now mm. because she just didn't like to see it. My brother, you no, know, it's obviously very hard for him to watch me because, and I, I know how hard it would be because I felt the same watching him he was always in wars when he fought um, and I'm not always in wars but the two losses I've been have been kind of wars,
1: and um, yeah it's very hard very tough do you, do you, I don't know if you remember that that punch that obviously ended it but mm. it almost it from an outsider from you know just someone looking mm. on TV or yep. YouTube it looked like it didn't look like the hardest punch it just no. looked like really really and clean it,
0: it probably wasn't it wasn't even that it caught me clean either I think you know, Maybe I was, fatigue. It, did, it did catch me clean, but it was more fatigue. Mm. If you look at the the work and uh, and the output, that's one of the things I learned from it. You know, the output which I had been putting out, I'd been doing way too much where I didn't need to. I, even in if you watch the eleventh round, and I'm still adamant to this day, the knockdown which was counted was a slip. It was, and that but that's that whole thing changed the momentum of the fight because if you look, Lee in the eleventh round is also done but when I slipped and I went down he obviously got that second win he's like I've got him and he did at the, in the end but um, that just changed the momentum of everything yeah. and uh, if you watch the 11th round up until that point I'm punching holds in, in, in Lee I'm giving them you know, a serious hiding throwing so much punches and um, just wasting energy because if I had a just being smart and, and boxed instead of just trying to take him out, I probably would be
1: here as world champion today. Yeah, and do you know when like something like that happens, and uh, you know, I, I I I sort of described it as the same thing, which is it was like fatigue. It wasn't mm. it wasn't like it actually hurt you yeah. or it was a really hard or, or, yeah. or, or massively clean shot. It just looked like the lights went out because just super tired because yeah. you're given that that fight you're all, but. To actually be on the other end of that and the lights go off, does it does it hurt? You just wake up and you're somewhere else, like what happens? Nah, you just wake up and you're, you're
0: concussed, obviously you get concussion after after being knocked out. That's natural when you get knocked out. But you don't you don't feel it. You just I, I woke up and I remember I was I was laying. I'd woke up, but obviously was still a bit like, you no. Know, in La La Land, probably, when I was awake at the ring. I was awake at the ring, but probably came around in my senses and stuff. My senses stuff came back to, uh, around when I was just about to go into the ambulance or when I was on my way to the ambulance. And my bro- one of my brothers saved save me, and I says, what happened? And H was there as well, and he says, what happened? And I says, you lost. me? what round? He says, uh, the last round. I says, how long left? And he says a minute and a half and I just went ah I closed my eyes and put my head back I remember that like I was just I was just didn't want to think I didn't want to see it and it, it was what it was but you know um, again like every loss you know like every win someone has to win someone has to lose and
1: you just got to take it on the chin and try to move forward you made a very profound statement in one of your other in- interviews and I, and I resonate with it a lot which is every single boxer every time you get through those ropes Mm. no matter where it's sparring or competing you change as a person Mm. what do you mean by that? How I look at it is that you know we have millions or billions of
0: trillions of brain cells and all that there but you know every time you get hit on the head whether you're hitting the ball or whether you're getting punched you lose some of those brain cells so if you don't have the brain cells you had before that you literally are a different person aren't you? So it's that danger if you're getting there and and you're taking, if you're taking damage, you're losing brain cells and you can get seriously hurt, especially in a sport like boxing. Um, So you have to have respect for any fighter steps through the ropes, whether it's sparring, whether it's a fight because they put their lives in the lane every time.
1: Hmm. So going back to the first round and you knock him down right at the end, very, very clean punch. And I don't know if you, you've probably watched it a few times. His right leg, Mm. literally folds back it, mm. it, it reminded me a bit like when George Groves got knocked out by Froch in, in, in the second fight yeah. you know when someone's kind of knocked out or really damaged because mm. that leg is it's just not even there to support them that yeah. it just goes and it just disappears and I was quite surprised he got back up um, when you hit him with that shot was you surprised he got back up and carried on
0: yeah listen
1: I was surprised he got up 100% um so, you no. Know, what if
0: ever there was under the thirty seconds in that round, it would be over. You know, how did he, how did he get up? He just had great resilience and and very uh, very tough, and he can he can endure a lot of uh, damage. And you know, it was it was a great shot? I didn't expect that was one thing which I wasn't expecting. To go in there and, and flatten Lee like that in the first round and and that's another thing where I'm going the energies have used so much energy because I don't fight like that I don't fight like so much I'm a boxer always and I went in and threw a bomb landed it I didn't even try to throw hard I just threw it fast and it landed right on the chin even doing like a ton of bricks Um he get up and you know he had the minute obviously really helped him but even at the rounds after that he was gone so much times but just would have done something to, to survive and that's that's a, a credit to him.
1: Yeah, I, I was surprised as well because I think it was Darren Barco was commentating mm-hmm. and if I remember rightly in your southpaw stance, you've kind of touched him to the body a few times, saw he mm-hmm. was dropping the hand and he sort of yeah. threw over the the, the left hand and, and that's how you caught him. But he kind of didn't learn from it for like two or three rounds. You no. kept on catching and catch on catching him. I don't think you learned from it the whole fight. I think it was just, you
0: know, obviously, when you're throwing so much punches the punches don't have the same effects and obviously I was just trying to get him out of there instead of just trying to tame that one shot again mm. um, and, and just waiting for it and letting it come I was just trying to
1: blitz him to try and get it out but um, again a credit to him and his, his toughness yeah he's, he's definitely definitely super tough straight off that fight you said you would like to run it back and and do it yep. again um, I know you've had three fights since then, and you've, yep. you've obviously got a few things in the pipeline and, and changes going on in, in, in your life and also your camp would you like to get that Lee Wood Mick Cullinan fight on for part two 100% um,
0: you know whether
1: he wins or whether he loses
0: against Josh Warrington you know I, I would still fade him no matter what and it's a great one you know I've seen him saying we could do it in city right and stuff and I'd have no problem going at him again, no problem at all. I'd go there and and uh, I'd happily fight him in the city ground, and it'd be a fantastic fight to have again. It was a, it was a fight of the year all around the world, um, so I don't think anybody would begrudge that fight happening. But it's a it's in his hands, really, isn't it? Um, unless he, he he unless he loses against Warrington um, it's going to be in his hands whether he wants to take the fight or not. Yeah. I've got to get back into the position for things to be happening for me. And, and that's the thing now. I just got to build my way back.
1: Yeah. So since then, you had two other fights mm. that you won. Yeah. Uh, and they were relatively were pretty tough fights as yeah. well. They weren't no mugs. No. And then you stepped up in Belfast to fight Lopez um, yeah. in your in your hometown. And again, I started watching that fight uh, last night for I think that was the second time I watched it, and just the first couple of rounds, like you were just so slick. And the thing, the thing is, everyone was saying to or the because I didn't really know much about Lopez, but everyone kept on saying this guy's not a, this guy's not a boxer; he's just just a fighter. Yeah, and you could really see from his style he had. Doesn't really have much flair and much nah, kind of. It's just
0: like unorthodox. Crazy. It just
1: just comes yeah. in like like that. And so, uh, he, he, there was a couple of times he was jumping off the floor. I hit him. How tough is Lopez?
0: Yeah, he was he was very tough and he he was good. You know, I, I knew it was hurting him. He was making noises when it was hitting into the body and stuff. But um, on that night, you know, I'm not here to make excuses. But I didn't perform. Simple as that. Um, I went and had a a war. With someone who that's their game you know what I mean and that wasn't what I should have been doing it wasn't what I had planned to do Um,
1: so yeah you know you, you pay the price when you don't follow your own plan yeah So I'm obviously good friends with uh, Ben Davis down Boxing Booth and a load of guys down there James Bonney and I know a load of them went over to to support you and they say every time they go over there to Belfast Mm. it's just amazing they say they get treated like celebrities because you are a celebrity over there and they said it's just such a nice feeling to go and see you but it's also very devastating as well at the same time when the main man that they're they're following and supporting doesn't get the win and also does unfortunately get get got stopped in the fifth round yeah. there was obviously when i'm down there i'll go down there my fridays to do the sparring and then sometimes on, on a sunday and obviously i'm chatting to the guys going like what happened and everything else mm. and some people are saying oh maybe he's going to retire maybe he's not and at 31 years of age mm. you're not old no but you're definitely not young no um if you was a heavyweight you yeah. could be fighting until you're 40 45 yeah, years yeah, of age yeah. no problem because that's what people do but people who are kind of featherweight or lightweight bantamweight those yeah. kind of divisions you don't really see them really going past like 33 34 35. no, no. so after the lopez fight was there a consideration of retiring 100 percent, 100 there was
0: i was just thinking can i go through with this again having to kind of rebuild and do all that stuff again and, and go through everything which I went through. Um, you no, know, I'm way. I, I'm based here in in the UK most of the time when I'm in training camps. Um, that'll change now, but for the last five years I've been over here. And if I fight four times a year, you know that's four, you know four times eight or nine weight camps. Then three times a year, it's there'll be three twelves. Um, and this one, just that first one, I probably overtrained because i done 16 weeks. I was 16 weeks away from my family. It's an awful lot of time away from my family. And I was going, do I really have that amazing to be away from my family for another load of years? And it was a serious consideration to go, fuck this. Because it's tough. Boxing is a tough game. Training is very, very tough. And how I train is very, very tough because I push myself to limits every time. I don't miss sessions, I I don't cheat and I think I just go as hard as I can. Um, so yeah, it was it was a consideration to go, to have it in me, do it again and I had to sit down with my family and talk about this and go through things and, you know, ask them, do you still believe I can become world champion? Ask my brother who's my manager who has my best interests at heart and if he had told me no, I would have said, okay, I'm done then. So the fact that he still believed to make be world champion. I was okay, I can do that. And I asked a few other people who were close to me, just still believe that, and they said yes. Um, they didn't think that was me in there on the night, and you know, they don't see why I would, you know, pack it in, but they understand if I really wanted to, they would understand. So I took a bit of time, spoke to my wife, spoke to my kids, and out of all my kid, my daughter, she was the one. She was the most gone. No, you're never retiring. You're not retiring. You're my, you're my daughter. You're, you're, you can't be, you can't stop being a boxer and stuff. So, that's why I just says, nah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go again. You know, if it, with all that
1: kind of, took into consideration, I'll go again. Well, I'm guessing the best soundboard for this situation out of all those people that you just mentioned mm-hmm. is your brother Jamie not only because he is your brother not only because he is your, your manager yeah. but the the most important thing for me is mm. he was a former professional boxer who yeah. fought at a very very high level yeah. and if anyone's going to understand it he yeah. is so to get his kind of approval must have made you feel pretty good to keep on going
0: definitely I uh, you know he if I had told him no I I don't care if, if you believe that I'm done he wouldn't have no problem with it, but He said he still believed in me and he still believed it could be that world champion, which we've all believed and I've I've always believed. So um, once he said that, I was like, okay, now I'll I'll run it again. I'll I'll throw the dates again and let's see where we land.
1: Yeah. Can can I ask a bit of a weird question? might be a bit of an intrusive question, but if you walked away from the sport right now at 31 years of age, financially, are you you good? Yeah. You could just walk away now. I could walk away now, and I
0: doesn't mean I can just walk away and sit on my hands. You know, I'd have to get in the up. But we're doing the promoting now with Conlon Boxing. Um, obviously, I have a lot of property and stuff. And I've been smart with my money over the years. I haven't been silly. Um, it was one thing which always worried me. You know, when you see old fighters and they're all bankrupt and, you know, broke and, you know, living on the streets. And the was like, I'd never want to be like that. So I always was smart with my money and, and, and done the right things and the right investments throughout my career
1: so if you did hang it up today mm-hmm. your your natural default position would probably go straight into being a promoter mm-hmm. and trainer
0: no i would never train someone no nah it's not for me You don't, you don't fancy I think it? I could probably be a good trainer if I really wanted to but I don't I don't it's a lot of time a lot of effort and a lot of commitment and it's just something that I don't think, you know, if I'm in something I'm in it 100%, and it's something I probably wouldn't want to be in 100% because it's a very
1: unforgiving um, role in boxing. Mm. And sorry to label on these two points again, but just I wanted to see like the psychology from mm. the family's point of view. You know, you've know, you had two relatively bad sort of mm. knockouts. Yeah. And then the conversation about retirement's come up. Yeah. Your wife, like, didn't she say, "Look, you've been hurt a couple of times here. We're, yeah, we're good." Nah, she was.
0: She was like, "Nah, I still believe you can do what you gotta do." I know that wasn't you in there. Um, and you know, if I look at the Lopez one, a lot of people think they said they a bad knockout and stuff. But uh, if you look and you watch it, I actually get up to tell just coming. So it wasn't like it was a bad knockout. Now the weird one, I get it. You know, I and mean? I get when people say that because when they do the ring and stuff, so obviously it looks it looks really bad. But with Lopez, you know, I I probably would have beat the count, but I probably would have got hurt even more. So it was the right thing, I believe, throwing the talent. Um so yeah, um They that's where that's where my brother and stuff was saying, like if he did finish, you know, I'd have no problem.
1: I want to get the two views actually from that fight, Mm. what they felt that you maybe have done wrong or wasn't an element that you wasn't progressing in, hence why maybe you got the result or lost that particular fight. The view from your brother, first of all, Jamie Conlon, and then also from the view from Adam Booth, because he 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 is your coach currently. So, Jamie, what did he think that you done wrong in that fight?
0: I implemented the wrong game plan. I went to go to war instead of just boxing, instead of using everything I'd kind of planned to. Um, you know, plan the the kind of move, make a mess, take it later before I even considered standing toe-to-toe. Um, and just obviously followed the wrong game plan. So it was his his thing, looking at it, it says, why did you do it? And I just says, I don't know why, I, I just felt off. And I did, I just felt off before, so. I remember even in the children room, was fuck something didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But you're not gonna say that when you're in the gym room ready to walk out for World Health right?
1: Yeah. And uh, Adam Booth, what did he say
0: on, on reflection? Yeah, he just thought, you know, I I didn't show up. I wasn't it wasn't me. Um it wasn't the performance that I'd set out to do. Um so yeah, same kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um you've had you've made some statements, um, in 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 I think even on social media and with the Belfast, I think it was Times Belfast Times, I think, yeah, you I think it. so, yeah. Um, and you've actually said that you need a complete change up, switch up, yeah. Um, so my first question is this is your time up with top rank? Um, not officially, we're in a period of negotiation
0: where they want to keep me, and it's a possibility, I still may, still may be a top rank, but. Um, I'm out of contract as it is they want to have negotiations about resaying and doing more faiths and stuff but I want to look at every option Um, I don't want to jump into um, another contract with a promoter move from the start right now if the offer isn't right I wouldn't I wouldn't take it so if the offer was right yeah I probably would but um, I might want to look around to see what other options are on the table
1: well, when you say because I'm intrigued as well because I'm an outsider, mm. right? And we hear this all the time from top level fighters. If yeah. the contract's right, does that basically mean if the money's right?
0: Money and fate plan. Okay. Money and fate plan. What ways? What? What's the route back to world title? Okay. How do you see us getting back there? What does the money look like? And and yeah. So, of course, money is a is a vital part in this game you're never going to for free are you Yeah. And you're putting your life on every time when you step in the ring There's not a chance to feel free you want to get the
1: most out of every single fight you can so you're, fir- you're 31 mm. have you said to yourself like an age that you feel that you're going to retire I always say 32,
0: 33 but I'm 32 in November so I'm not going to go 32 um, and if I don't achieve my goals by 33 who knows we might just go fuck this and, and pack it in then but you know we've got Got just over a year, like now, the the combo World Champion, and you know I think I probably wouldn't go past thirty four. I wouldn't go past thirty four. Yeah, but who fucking knows? No, <laughs> who knows? If everything's going well and I'm not taking no damage, who knows? And you're getting ten mil a fight. Yeah, exactly know? that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly that. So we'll see.
1: Guys, I wanted to hop on here to once again thank the sponsors of this week's podcast, iSecure Vehicles. When we were searching around for sponsors for the channel, we honestly wanted to get a brand, a company that would give massive amount of value to our audience. And that is definitely iSecure Vehicles. They have a wide range of products which are designed to keep your vehicle, your asset safe and secure. Some of those products are dash cameras, undetected immobilizers and car tracking systems. Head over to iSecure to look at their products and make sure You say that the Stephen Sully Study podcast sent you there. Surely the likes of Frank Warren, Eddie Hearn, have been knocking on your door recently. Well, I know there's been a few conversations asking
0: about my plans and stuff, but we're just keeping the cards close to the chest for the next week, And then we'll start to have a look around and speak to people. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair
1: enough. Adam Booth... You've said that you're um, you're no longer working with Adam Booth. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a friend of yours, and I yeah. train down the same same gym, not at the same time, but I go down there frequently. And I, obviously, I follow you on Instagram, yeah. and I saw you were training down there recently. So it kind of looks like you're there and you and you're not. What 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 is the situation with you and Adam well, Booth and uh, Boxing Booth?
0: We've uh, well, Adam Booth and Boxing Booth gym are, are, are separate entities, really, aren't they? Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm over. Getting a little bit of fitness before I'm gonna head over to Miami and have a look at a few coaches over there. Um, but yeah, me and Adam parted ways. Um, I went and seen them and told them I just wanted something different, wanted something new, something fresh. And you know, I, I think I'm gonna to go to stateside to have a look. And no, it was no problem. There was a handshake all day and all the end. Then it was it was done on good terms. I think. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plan.
1: Because I know you've been with him since 2018 yeah um, initially why did you come over from Belfort no because you was obviously was in over LA. In, in, in LA in but LA, yeah. why why um, why go to Adam Booth in the first place and why come over to, 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 to the UK he always intrigued me as a coach and, and you know if there was a coach in the
0: UK at that time who I was going to train was Adam I was, was the one I wanted to train with so I went and done like a trial with him and uh like what I what what I was doing, like what I seen, and thought it was going to be best for me at that time, and, and it was, and and we had a great ride, and the reason being changing. You know, we we have had two world title fights, and both have been, you know, unsuccessful. Now, I've only kind of speaking to my my other team and and speaking to everybody and. You know, I was asking what do you think about this, what do you think of that and am thinking about leaving and they were thinking, Yeah, listen, it might be a good thing. You know, have have a change of things up. So first went over that before I went over there and before I knew it was going what it was going to do because it was kind of in the immediate aftermath and I spoke to him I said I Do you still believe I can be world champion? And he says, Yes, I do, one hundred percent. Um I don't think that was you in there on on the fight night. So um I still believe you have all the ability in order to be world champion or I wouldn't train you um so that was I was happy he said that and then you know now about a month later I I was thinking, thinking speaking to my family speaking to speaking to my brother and to say listen probably time to change things up and went over and seen him sit down with him no problem let's 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 change it up and wish you all the best and you're more than welcome to come back anytime you want So he, he was totally cool with yeah, you it leaving it was all, all, all cool it was all cool it was all done on, 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 on good terms and you know I think as a man I had to go over and do it say face to face with where I'm at I, I wasn't going to text him because a lot of people would text people but I think it's better to do it the manly way and, and, and say face to face and there's no bad feelings on my end and just let's let's move on.
1: Yeah, I mean face to face is just integral, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some people just do it over text yeah. or or they get their missus or mum to call them that's and that's the
0: world we live in now, isn't it? A lot of people are just texting things and just saying it that way and instead of ha- facing things head on and you know, I'd rather do it you know, up front and, and be be a man with things.
1: You you've always struck me, to be honest, the Irish always strike me. Yeah, my 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 mum's side's Irish and obviously I've seen a lot of the mm-hmm. traits there they're always old school everything's old school you fight shake hands at the end have a good drink you know if you've got a problem with someone you go and see them and that I've always admired that about yourself and also also the iris is that the way you live your life yeah I think with me I'm, I'm very straight and you know old
0: school in a sense but one thing I, I find hard is I, I don't like the hate emotions. Not find hard is don't like the hate emotions. So if I like you, you know I like you. If I don't like you, probably most likely know I don't like you. And you know it's a, it's a good thing, but also a bad thing. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I think that's just how I've been. I've been always straight, and even if you look back to the Olympics and stuff, where I was calling it, the corruption there and then, and, well, a lot of people in in that position would have just went. Uh, Well, I have to go back and look at it and stuff and have their media training and stuff. I just threw it out the window and just went being honest because I think that's the most important thing is honesty.
1: Yeah. And, you know, what what people may or may not know know about you and something to admire is when when athletes talk about sacrifice there's mm-hmm. obviously different levels of sacrifice you know you're not going to go out with your friends on the weekend you're not going to the boozer you're not going to be eating crap you're yeah. going to be training dedication all that kind of stuff but, but you have gotten this other level which is you've got a young family a son and a daughter over yeah. in Belfast with your wife and you don't even get to see them for their birthdays and yeah. stuff I've got two sons right mm-hmm. and they've just been away with their mum in Devon for about a week yeah. and I honestly felt like I missed him for it was almost like a, like I felt like a year mm. that must really really be tough for you like not seeing them. it is and especially on
0: their special occasions and stuff but even like the small things like you know if they're going to like camp or something if they're doing something and I'm not there they feel it and, and my my son probably most of them, my daughter feels it my daughter is very strong very independent and obviously she really misses me when I leave but and, and probably because when I come back she's happy when I come back because she gets everything she wants but uh, my son finds it hard I think um, you know he hates going to school and stuff when I'm not there and stuff like that so he feels it he misses that kind of presence of of you know the father figure around and it is tough you know I've missed plenty of birthdays um, you know holidays a lot with them. You know they're going away. My Mrs. Shauna, she's going away by herself with the kids. Um, it's tough, very, very tough, and uh, hard. Especially when you see the pictures and stuff, you just
1: wish you were with them. Mm, I can imagine. Mm. So Kirk Walker, who's yeah. another phenomenal yeah. talent, super, super, super fighter, and I'm going to be uh, hopefully try and get him on the podcast at yeah. some point soon. I know he's under your your uh, your promotional company. Yeah, is your brother looking after him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, we we promote them and we manage them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize from another podcast there was a once upon a time ago that you two might have fought as amateurs. Yeah. T- tell me about that.
0: Yeah, my brother as well. We almost fought as amateurs too. Um, you and your brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you that one first. So it was two thousand and ten. Uh in the Ulster Championships which got you on the selection board for the Commonwealth Games and Jamie there was three people I entered Jamie got the barrier to the final I fought in the semi-final against the other guy um, I beat the other guy uh, and him and Jamie were one, one one against each other But so when I beat him Jamie says listen I'll go pro you go to the Commonwealth Games and he, he So we actually meant to fight each other in the final, but he ended up going pro then, and I went. Uh, I went to the come-off games.
1: What the hell would that been like? Like fight never,
0: never would have happened. It could never happen. My my mother would never let it happen, and and we wouldn't fight each other. Um, yeah. Probably at that time I probably have seen I would have fought him, and probably at that time <laughs> he would have he, he would have battered me. So, um, yeah, it it could never have happened, but um. It's a good bit of history where it actually meant that I've got a win over him because he's a walk over. Um, so yeah, um, but that was that was me and him. But with me and Kurt, um, so Kurt was kind of, ended up becoming the number two behind me when I was still as an amateur, when, when I qualified or I was going to qualify for the 2016 Olympics. I think I qualified through WSB first, so that was in the May. And then I was on holiday in July in Portugal and uh i get a phone call from head coach billy walsh and he says hey mick uh do you want to go to the european championships and i says no he says okay well we're going to send kurt walker and if kurt qualifies for the world championships and then qualifies for the olympics um you'll have to box off against kurt and i says nah fuck kurt i'll go <laughs> i says fuck him, he's not getting the chance <laughs> because i knew he was good enough to actually probably go and do it so um i went anyway I, I, dropped put the paint down and just started going run on the next like week of the holiday get back trained for two weeks in in dublin with the national squad, went to the europeans ended up winning the europeans and then went to the world championships and went the world championships so he's probably one of the catalysts for me doing that there where, where do you see kurt walker going with his career yeah kurt could go all the way um you know, obviously if he's gated right by us and, and that's our plan is to get him right then obviously improving all the time in the gym and I think through his five fights so far he hasn't had it easy he's been matched very tough and um, you can see in his performances though he's, he's performing very very well so um, he's just getting better and better compared to most prospects obviously because he's Olympian he was going to go a bit deeper at the start and, and that's why it's been harder but um you know he's 27 now you want to get as much of the career as possible so that's why we want to keep him active
1: yeah in an ideal world right going back to your career becoming world champion you've got that desire that goal that belief that you're going to be that world champion and that was the first thing i said to a few of the boys down at the gym i was like he cannot it was just like me venting Mm. he can't leave the sport without without becoming a world champion because i always saw you as a world champion before you are a world champion in an ideal world you've got the the right coach you've got someone in Miami you know things going well what is your ideal route to world championship like how do you visualise that going right now? Staying in the same weight division or are you yeah, going to pivot? Yeah I'll
0: stay like people I've seen after I lost year, you know, saying he needs to move up weight and stuff but I don't I, I make featherweight quite comfortably you know so um, I don't need to move up weight um, I think I just got to Keep doing what I'm doing. Keep trying to improve. Um, And obviously going to Miami will help with that, with with sparring and stuff, and and, and the sparring partners available, which will be much more in in the US than there is in the UK. So that'll help. Um, But also just... now, I probably have that chip on my shoulder that I've been there twice and I haven't got it. And Third time lucky is what I'm saying. I think I'll have two to three fights from probably the end of the year, starting maybe two and then three next year, maybe, you know, maybe go St. Patrick's Day and then Belfast or New York. Uh, and then we go again in August and then December, hopefully a World title yeah
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so the thing you just touched on there as well, which I, I, didn't, I didn't ask you last time, which I'm quite intrigued about, is the culture of being a pro Working your way up, challenging for a world title, you need the best of the best of the best around you—from yeah. physio to your nutritionist to the coach, etc. Yeah. But you need world, world level sparring. Yeah. Okay, so you, when you were your last fight, you know you're at boxing booth, you're yeah. in Surrey. How do you go about getting the right sparring partners? Because you can't always have the same sparring partners yeah. every single camp. How do you decide to go about bringing people in? Yeah, well, I got, I got to fly a lot of people in. Um, how do you decide that? Like, Do you say, oh, that guy over there? Jimmy,
0: Jimmy. Jimmy looks around. He skirts around for me. thinks, asks around as well, who do you think would be best? The master Stales and, 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 you know, replicate Stales. And that one, because of how unorthodox Lopez was, we had uh, a few Italians in because the Italian kind of fighters are very unorthodox at So um, we had a few Italians over and um, a few local kids <laughs> as well. So... Yeah, it was a bit, a little bit different, but like I'd be bringing kids in usually from Mexico and all around the South America
1: and stuff. So, yeah. And our sparring partners, they're just there to spar, or are these people real fighters? No, they're real fighters. They're real fighters. Like one of
0: the Thailand kids won the European, I think, one of the European titles there recently. Um so yeah uh, they are actual fighters who are, who are training for fates as well they're in preparation so they're happy to come and get the work because they need it for their own fights. Yeah. so yeah it's it's always, always it's not just guys who, who go to spar it's actual fighters coming over up and coming kids and even veterans and stuff we get
1: yeah and typically mm. a sparring partner how much will they get paid well
0: if you're flying someone in Especially from like South America, you got to pay for flights first, which is going to be fifteen hundred quid. Yeah, else. most likely. Um, and then you go, okay, well, I got the flights. You can now have need to put them up for however long. If it's two, three, four weeks, whatever it is, you got to put them up in an apartment or a hotel or something. Um, so that costs a pretty penny. And then you got to give them you know, probably eighty quid a day, um, probably fifty quid a day. I don't know. To eat and, and have food and stuff, and then you gotta pay him for the spawn, which is gonna be, you know, if you're doing 10 round spawn or 12 round spawn, probably getting 500, maybe more than 500. I don't even know. I let Jamie just sort out all, all the payments, I just make the payments. He he just tells me what you're paying, is okay. So, but uh, yeah, it's, some people get like, I think kids in the UK probably getting 50
1: quid a round. And then so on and so on, you know. I mean? People have obviously seen your your great fights on TV because it's there for the public to see. But yeah. I'm pretty sure there's been some amazing fights in the gym yeah. sparring. Yeah. Can you name anyone or a- any occasion yeah. where you thought Jesus that person was very very tough? No,
0: nah, not no one in particular. But you know, I've had plenty of tough spars. You know, when, even when I when I lived in LA, it was like every 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 week you were having tough spars and the calibre of sparring partners there was crazy I had the like say I was in the gym of Oscar Valdez who was world champion Jesse Mike who was a world champion and, and then like kids were just coming in from everywhere like now I didn't spar, but Beville and stuff was coming to the gym to get sparring so um, it was Southern California is probably like a hotbed for professional boxing you know everybody from all over the world you know Russians, Ukrainians, Kazakhs Uzbeks and then you've got all the Mexicans, you got the Venezuelans Colombians, everybody here is there so um, a lot of people come there to get that work.
1: Yeah. Just want your, your sort of opinion on the, the, the state of boxing right now because mm-hmm. I feel like it's definitely morphed and changed since yeah. we've done our first uh, podcast. Yeah. Some people say for the better, some people say for the worse, but it definitely has changed. Yeah. I think noticeably is this crossover boxing or YouTube yeah. boxing <laughs> Um there's no done line, is is quite entertaining at some yeah. points. But then on the other side is has it damaged slightly the, the reputation of boxing. Um what's your view on like the, the whole uh, YouTube boxing, Jake, Jake Paul, Logan Paul fighting?
0: I don't I don't really have a view on it. Um because I've watched it, you know, I've watched it, I've been I've been enthralled by the build-ups and I think he's done a fantastic job promoting and 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 pushing things, but the only thing that gets me is you go they're not real boxers, I know. Jake Paul has pro license stuff, but I'm going. These guys aren't real fighters, and and they're pretending like the real fighters, and it kind of discredits the kids who, who will never probably achieve, you no know, t- titles or, or earn a lot of money in boxing, but have given their life to it and have been so dedicated and committed throughout their whole lives, and and they don't, they'll never achieve not point not 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 one percent of what they earn, and that's terrible I think you know it's, it's doing nothing for kind of the grassroots and the money coming into normal boxing it's all and there's loads of money in the celebrity boxing and the YouTuber boxing whatever you want to call it but uh, I don't begrudge them because I don't begrudge any man making money it's you know the fair play to you kind of thing um, but yeah th- I don't think that's It's not really something I, I think about In terms of The state of boxing What the state of boxing For me is The doping The doping Like I have I think I've probably been One of the only ones Who have been shooting From the rooftops From day one About people doping Yeah And in my opinion There's A very very high percentage In boxing doping
1: Well um, Love him or hate him Mike Tyson Has always been Kind of The raw truth mm. um, You know He's obviously done quite a few things wrong inside the ring outside the ring but one thing he's always maintained is almost pretty much he's been he's been quite he's been quite truthful with stuff Mm. and Eve said yeah back in the day I used to have a fake cock and I used to piss out you know other other urine just to get by because everybody else was doing it and it was more sort of a culture that if everyone's doing it then the only way to get on equal ground is by doing what everybody else is doing and he's saying but even still today people doing it more than ever so Vardar, obviously, you know, since the uh, Conor Ben situation, it seems like it's got really in the in the, in the public eye. Yeah. Most recently, Dylan White has fouled one because yeah. for the um, Anthony Joshua Dylan White, White Part Two. Conor Ben, I mean, it seems like he's going back into this. this I think they're appealing it. Do you, uh, do you think it's... he was? Is it innocent or is he is he no. is he guilty?
0: in my opinion I think it's guilty um, I think anyone's that's caught is guilty no matter if it's in there accidentally or not you're guilty you're still dope no matter what it is you should still be banned um, and that's the, the be all and end all I think lifetime bond should be handed and I think that's the only way it kind of gets things slowed down but even at that like there's so much ways people seem to be getting around things and I watched something recently on uh, Victor Conte who runs Snack, the the organisation which a lot of the top fighters use but it's called Hall of Shame it's on Netflix on, on the Untold series and uh, shows like how he, had, he was in like a scandal of like loads of athletes Barry Bonds uh, Moran Jones and stuff back in the day mm. all doping and how they were getting away with it and how so much things was like you know, being able to like, you know, nullify it when you get tested and stuff and you're going like how that shit life is advanced and technology is advanced so most likely they're they're on something different and you can do something different now I think but, they're blockers um, don't they yeah there's loads of little different things I would say um, but you know I don't know no, nobody person has ever said to me do you want a dope or anything like that and I know why it's because my stance on it, and I, I would never do it. But that's the thing. You know, I I would probably call them out and that's what I'd probably be afraid to say. But, you know, it's very hard to, to, to find out who, but I've been I was told a lot of information
1: recently where you're going,
0: fuck me, really?
1: So uh, have you ever walked into a gym or do you know like a, a gym or, or individuals where you're like, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely on something?
0: No, no. But then I was told something just recently. Not going. I'm not going to repeat it on the podcast. But it blew my mind. And I'm going, what the hell? Like, it's so dangerous to sport already. And that's the thing for me. It's not about like, winning world titles all here, It's about like, you know, taking someone's life possibly, seriously damaging someone possibly. And if that happens, like, you, know, you gotta look. If I look from my own point of view, I have kids and a Mrs. and a family and stuff. And if you get damage from boxing you know who's going to look after you they got to look after you um, but if you get damage from boxing for you, PD someone using PDS, come on how, how bad is that like you know what I mean I think I think it takes that for, for that to happen someone probably there could seriously hurt and they're the person we caught doing for things they can kind of change
1: mm. I mean look at uh, look at uh people that have not been on anything like chris mm-hmm. eubank against uh nick blackwell and obviously nick blackwell um you know obviously suffered major mm. major brain damage yep. thankfully he's, he's on his feet now and he's yeah. and, he, and he's walking and talking but he's definitely not the man he used to be
0: no i think uh with black with nick um a little bit different you know he, he obviously got the brain injury in the crisp fate but was okay and was going to probably have a, a normal kind of life but ended up going back in the spawn and i think that's where it happened when he when he went back spawn which you know if you get something like that you never go back in the air ring and uh i think the love for boxing probably took over there really
1: <sighs> so sad, man. sad I saw it. yeah I've, I've spoken to him a few times over social and um he's such a lovely guy yeah such a genuine yeah. nice guy so, yeah, just going back to, to the current state of boxing, I mean, even our friend, Aaron Chalmers, even though he's not a crossover boxer, he is a boxer, uh, yeah. but obviously come back from a MMA sort yeah. of background, f- um, for Floyd Mayweather. And yeah. I know you guys were in the corner for yeah. that. I think yeah. it was at the O2? The O2, yeah. How was that? I, it was crazy.
0: Um just to get the witness Floyd in person and I know he was he was messed about and stuff but I like I had done good. haven't done alright aye but you could tell Floyd if he turned it on at any stage of he could have done anything he wanted to but it was brilliant and you know fair play to uh his second fight and he fight Floyd Mayweather take some balls no matter what like no matter if you're doing it as a like charity or celebrity or whatever it was and Still takes a lot of balls to go and do it. Like, and you, you met Floyd Mayweather. What was he like? Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to him when he, he watched my, the fight with Wood and stuff, and was just saying, "Listen, don't worry, you'll be world champion and stuff." And really nice guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard people say in the past, "Never meet your idols." No one ever met him, but you know, I thought he was a lovely guy. a uh, really done the earth. um Character very funny, uh, especially in the build up. You know, and when he's warm up in the dress room, I had to go in and watch the band. It's getting wrapped, and
1: he was like singing and talking and just laughing and joking and stuff. And it was very funny. Yeah. Um, just on that note, I mean, is there would there ever be a possibility of you going over to his camp?
0: No, 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 no.
1: Not for you. No, not for me. You know, there's
0: pff, probably a few people to look at, but you no, know, I don't think that'll be no suited them, I can't stay.
1: Yeah. So, with someone like him 50 and 0, I mean, mm. he's my, he's one of my go tos when I when I go and watch boxing and yeah. I'm, I'm looking over tapes uh, or, or on YouTube. He, I love just watching his stuff. staffing. He's amazing. But why, why is Floyd Mayweather still fighting today? Exhibitions.
0: Must be money. <laughs> Must be money. And, you know, he's earned, he says he's earned over a billion, hasn't he? He said. So, um, why would you still be fighting I do not know unless you just spend that type of money that it's very hard to maintain that lifestyle unless you're fighting so it must be something like that I, I assume but who knows you may just do it for the love of the game mm. the
1: love of the game your 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 view on this uh, Fury against Nangano which is going to be happening at the end yeah, of the year th- yeah I think Fury stops him Fury stops
0: him it's different you know the unless he just like wants to carry him for a few rounds but Nugano fantastic in may fit her, but as a boxer he's he's in there with probably the best he, no definitely the best heavyweight of our generation Um, so come on he's not gonna and why do you think is doing it money 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 man listen everybody's in this game for money the people would say like no I'm in it for legacy and all this bollocks that's a load of shit, man. They're in it for money. You're only in it for money. It's too hard of a game to be into, to be uh, just in it to you know, have it the crack. You know, you're, you're as they say, you're putting life on the line every time you step in the ring, no matter who you face.
1: Yeah. So on that note, if someone offered you a fight against Lopez again, and then it was a million quid, mm. or someone offers you ten million pounds to fight a former MMA fight, which one are you going for?
0: Damn, fair. hundred percent, hundred percent, no, definitely. Listen, I still won't be world champion. I still believe I will be world champion, but the world title itself isn't gonna like bread under the table. You know what I mean? The the ten million fucking pound will put more food on the table than having the, having the world title. So obviously, like, the 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 money is probably one of the main reasons most people box. I believe.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, Joshua, his last fight. Mm. Obviously, he won. He stopped. He stopped yep. him, knocked him out. Um, how did you think his performance was, and where do you think he goes from there? Because I personally feel if he steps in the ring with a Wilder Fury, he devast- he gets stopped badly. Um, that's just my view yep. um, as as a fan. What do you think about his performance, and what do you think about him moving forward? Yeah, I thought he performed okay.
0: He had a new coach, just loaded new things, different things. And, you know, he just went there and got the job done and, and, and knocked it out emphatically. So um, I don't think you can take that away from him. And if he does go and fade away wilder next, you got to give him credit because let's be honest, that man doesn't need a box no more. He's earned the type of money where he can just sail off into the sunset, can't he really? I think his like net worth is like hundred and twenty million or something like. So he doesn't need. He's earned generational wealth. I think and he's boxing because he still wants to prove something to himself. It seems, and obviously, you know, add add more wealth to him himself, his business, his company, and all out there, and you know, do everything for his own family uh, in the future, but. It seems that like he's got something to prove why he's still fighting mm. because you know if like I, I think they like have criticized Joshua plenty but I think a lot of criticism is unfair because we're not in his shoes and we don't know what's what's going on in his life or what's going on you know in his career and how how things are moving and, you know everybody can point and say he should do this way do it that way but he's got to do it his own way and you know however he ends up or whatever he does you know he's he's done things that nobody else in boxing will probably ever do and mm-hmm. earned the tip money that very very few people will ever earn
1: If he fights Wilder what's your opinion on I think how Wilder
0: Wilder knocks him he's just too much of a devastating puncher and I think Josh is probably too static to kind of outbox him but who knows listen it's definitely not a foregone conclusion I think Josh would definitely could beat him but we need to have the performance of his life. To do it, yeah. Mm.
1: And the same
0: question about Fury? I could never see him beating Fury. And I've always said that from, from way before when everybody was on the Joshua Hape train and saying Joshua beats Fury and stuff. I was never on that train. I was always on the Fury train in that sense. I I, I just believe his movement, his speed and everything, he says for that, there's movement speed forward that but everything against an opponent who's smaller than him is just it'll be. I think would be
1: an easy favour yeah this is really my last thing I want to ask you about uh, bro um, is you, you mentioned earlier about investments yep. property condon promotions yep. etc you've now got your own beer mm. and I'm yep, surprised bro. you haven't bought me one today I didn't, <laughs> I didn't bring
0: any over, I didn't bring any over, I just didn't bring sweet kiss but yeah we've brought our own beer, Le Gras, lager, Irish lager, brew with shamrocks um, for Irish American friends as we know, um, who, will, who will love that um, but yeah uh, it's going well, um, hasn't officially been launched in the UK yet. Um been softly lost in Ireland but mainly lost in Spain. It's it's all over kind of Spain, I think it's in Lanzarote, Tenerife, Ibiza um Santa Ponza and one or two other places.
1: So so sort of when I saw the post of it, I mm. thought, wow, well, that's come out of the blue a bit. Yeah. Um was it just a spontaneous decision, or was that always in the making? For for, for you know, it's been there for a while. Ah, about three years. About three years it's been in the making. It it
0: hasn't been just out of the blue, bang, and it's it's here. It's it's been over three years in the making. And, you know, even the lager and stuff is you know very very highly rated. Um, I'm not a big lager drinker myself, but it actually is nice. So yeah, um, it's been a bit of time, bit of planning, and. Now the trigger has been pulled and and, and it's been let off the leash.
1: Yeah. So um, it's a lager. Are you going into IPAs and that kind of stuff? Well, a lot of people who drink it think it's very much
0: like an IPA. Okay. Um, It's not though it is a lager, but uh, it's not like mild pasteurized or like filtered and stuff. It's just like a lot of natural ingredients in a small brewery as well. So everything is
1: kind of done correctly and what, what what's the game plan with that is it to scale it and then sell it on or or is there a plan yeah I think so to make it big
0: enough get it to the America I think who knows I'd, I have no kind of end goal yet on it you know just ride the wave and see how see how far we go and I think if it lands if we can get it in the America it lands well in New York and stuff
1: it's game over isn't it really and and you just a a complete takeover i think it's a smart move because obviously there's always been a culture with the the iris with 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 having a drink and getting together with friends and family and there's always that feel good feeling but also your old friend mr conor mcgregor with proper whiskey and also is it Forge stout yes yes um which is almost like his version of a guinness is um he he seems like he's doing very well there was that was that bit of a I don't know a bit of inspiration. Two Irish guys, two fighters, two legends. You know, going going out there building their own their own brand and yeah, so Definitely, them. you see what what Conor
0: has done, and it's been unbelievable. You know, anywhere you go, I think people are trying to get the whiskey, and it's just sold it everywhere. And he's just an unbelievable promoter, isn't he? For for, a, for his drink like ju- like trying to. Make Joshua drink when, he he did, yeah. when he's in the ring it's, he's fucking crazy but uh yeah definitely i think it i think is a very good inspiration for 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 the move yeah you were still in contact with Conor mcgregor the old time the old time just yeah
1: yeah, yeah. He, he um yeah he just seems like he's flying yeah he's nice no, he's doing really well and and
0: it's like if you follow him on social media you just you get a laugh he just he does just some mad stuff all the time
1: Okay, so bar getting your new coach, getting yeah. your new team, et cetera, what else is in the pipeline for you, bro? I know you've obviously got your family, your businesses, obviously boxing, anything else that we could look forward to?
0: Nah, nothing in particular, just, you know, keeping it out. You know, I'll, have a, I'll have a coach
1: soon. i have a fate probably lined up for the end of the year and we'll see how we move forward. Good man. My question that I always ask the guests yeah. is what I asked you last time which is, be happy, never content. I've got my own version of it. Mick Holland, what does be happy, never content mean to you for a second time?
0: Always choose my goal and not stay in the same place. Good man.
1: Thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate your time. It's been a very, very good podcast. And um, be happy, never content. I'm looking forward to you becoming world champion. Cheers, Steve. Good to see you. Top man.